Welcome to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the roles of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, and joining me as always is my good friend and co-host, Charlie Guile. Charlie, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. You know, I figured um, we've done about 10, I guess 11 of these movies, and it would be kind of fun to take a mini episode to talk about them and sort of rank them. You know, kind of a way to give, you know, people who are listening uh, an idea of where we stand on these movies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and this should be a ton of fun. Uh, we, If you've been following along, we have watched 11 movies that range from the downright insane uh, to to remarkably uh, emotionally touching uh, and even some that, uh, you know, uh, well, let's just get to it. There's a lot of crazy stuff to get into. But, but Charlie, how are we going to be breaking these movies down today? What are what are we how are we looking at them? So that it's not all over the place. We'll go 11 to 1 in our rankings. You know, I'll start with my number 11, and then you say your number 11. And then when a movie has been mentioned by both of us, we'll stop for a second and uh, talk about it. And we have Rock Talk Superlatives. I know we kind of stopped doing those four or five episodes ago. We added a few new ones. So to go back over them, we have Sweatiest Scene, Big Rock Little World, Best One-Liner, and then we've added three more. Best sidekick, best stunt, and rock flop, or sort of like the worst scene. Perfect. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to talk about these movies. And let's just get started on number 11. And and Charlie, I just want to know, what's your, what is the, of your opinion, what is the worst movie that we have watched so far uh, for Rock Talk? I have to say, it was kind of tough for me to choose because there are two in my head, there are two that really just hit the basement floor with my rankings, but I have to say that Baywatch is my number 11. Uh, it's it's funny you say that. I believe that we are going to have the same two here down at the bottom. Uh, my number 11 is actually the Tooth Fairy, uh, but bringing to us to number 10, uh, mine is Baywatch, and I imagine... Uh, and minus Tooth Fairy, so we can stop and talk about both these movies. Let's take uh, Let's take Baywatch first. What do you what do you think about Baywatch? Is there anything to say here that we haven't already said? Well, you know, I'm we really went into Baywatch uh, a week or so ago. Um, I I don't know. It's it's really not a great movie. Uh, nobody really shines in this film. You know, you have a you have a duo like Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron. I expected a lot more. I expected something kind of close to a Neighbors quality movie. And there's a few funny moments. I think there's a a, a few good one liners. There's uh, one in here that I'm not really going to get into, but it's basically where Dwayne Johnson calls himself oceanic uh, that that I find pretty fun. But again, this is not a great movie. It's, it's maybe good for a 2 a.m. Uh, coming down from a buzz type of a movie. But besides that, you know, this is an easy skip as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I thought about giving the rock flop superlative to any of the scenes in this movie. But honestly, that would mean we'd have to talk about it a little more. So I'm ready to move on <laughs> to the tooth fairy. Uh, which is a movie I find really dumb, but looking back, maybe it was kind of fun. I don't know. What did you think? The Tooth Fairy, uh, for me, was very unenjoyable. Uh, there are moments again, again, the like you know, moments of 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 brief hilarity. I think the very first time we see Dwayne Johnson as the Tooth Fairy is pretty hysterical, uh, and I still can't get over that we have you know like Stephen Merchant in this movie and Julia. I think Julia, was it Julia Roberts that's also mm-hmm. in this movie. 
No, it's uh, Mary Poppins. Queen? Right. Was well, who is is that? Who plays Mary Poppins? It's like Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. That's right. Um, not Julia Roberts. Not Julia Roberts. <laughs> You're confusing Mary Poppins with Pretty Woman. Got my Julies mixed up. <laughs> um, still, Julie Andrews is in this film. Like the people that are in this movie, uh, including is it, was this the one with Ryan Sheckler? Like. I don't know. Yeah, Ryan Sheckler, the at the time, uh, teen skateboarding sensation. I don't know. Not just to me. That's not a great movie. Despite I think they went all out. There's a lot of gags, a lot of lots of physical humor. Oh, yeah, you know, a lot of CGI. What was the name of that of the kid in this movie? Oh gosh, it was something. It was like Nate or like Gavin or like some kind of weird. It made him sound like a 90-year-old man. <laughs> I forgot exactly what it was. Randy. It was Randy. Randy. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Your uncle who just got out of the state penitentiary is named Randy. Randy. You know, the uh, eight-year-old kid who is the Rock's basically stepson should not be named Randy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of fun. And I think we kind of hit the nail on the head when we described it. It's a very early episode, but when we described it as vaguely canadian for some reason uh and and that's what it is it's a very vanilla movie very dumb movie not a ton to talk about but definitely better for me than baywatch all right number nine i had uh the scorpion king here as my as my number nine movie charlie where what did you have coming at nine i had the game plan ah wow (laughs) which uh, i i think you and i yeah, I think you and I are going to disagree about that movie, uh, but we can't talk about it now because it hasn't been mentioned twice. Correct. Moving up to number eight, uh, I had the uh, Remember the Titans uh, watered-down light version of Gridiron Gang as my number eight. Dwayne and I had, I had Scorpion King. So nice. uh, this is a discussion round here. Uh, Scorpion King, what would you think? Scorpion King. Um, I thought it was a... A pretty hard to watch film. Uh, I don't think that Dwayne Johnson's acting was very good in this movie. Terrible. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it was. It's very, very stiff, very wooden. Um, I will say, however, any scene with him on a camel, I thought was fantastic. I yes. L- love the 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 contrast of Dwayne Johnson and the camels. Um, I don't know, Charlie. I just I I thought the villain wasn't great. I thought the plot wasn't great. Uh, no, I couldn't tell you the plot. And we, we, you know, we watched this movie maybe six weeks ago. I couldn't really tell you what the plot is, except for Dwayne Johnson's out to kill uh, the bad guy. And honestly, that's about as far as you can get into it. But I don't know. There were certain scenes like where they're buried up to their necks in sand and he has like a cool little sidekick. Um, But uh, yeah, I I think it was a little campier. And actually for the Scorpion King, uh, I have a superlative to give to it so we got our first rock talk superlative in our rankings and this is where i think dwayne johnson delivers the best one-liner that we've seen uh so far in the movies we've done wow charlie what is what is it i mean i can't even remember a lot of the the dialogue in this the dialogue was pretty crappy but uh he does say at one point i've come for the woman and your head oh oh i really enjoy it's nice it's succinct and it's uh it's threatening so I like that a lot. Great one-liner. Pretty much right down the wheelhouse of what you want from a Dwayne Johnson quote. Moving up to number seven. Charlie, what did you what did you have coming in at your seventh ranked Dwayne Johnson film? I have Get Smart. Get Smart. I, uh, I too, 
have Get Smart at number seven. Oh, wow. Talking about this right away. Um, so what'd you think? Um, what'd you think of Get Smart? Not really a lot of Dwayne Johnson in this film. No, no. And this is a movie that, you know, we had had there's sort of a discussion as to whether or not to include it in the uh, Rock Talk canon. I don't know. It's it's hardly a rock movie. It's very PG-13. You know, it's very, it's very much aimed at, like, uh, middle school kids slash, I don't know, something a parent could enjoy taking their kids to. I don't know. I Honestly, this was probably the first time we saw The Rock take a full comedy turn, right? I I would say so. Yeah, this yeah. is he's not given a ton to do in that regard, but but his role is uh almost strictly for comedy purposes, which which is different uh as as in to what we had seen up until this point. And um, and this is the first time we see him as the bad guy. Right. That's right. He's the, he is a, he is the secondary bad guy of this movie. He is a villain and it's another that's that's actually one of my points of contention of this film is that I feel like his villainous turn in this film is is pretty out of nowhere. I think that the parts where he is best friends with Steve Carell are actually a lot funnier and a lot stronger. Yeah, I um, really like that training sequence with like the paintballs. Um, I think that that was really cool. Honestly, I would like to see an origin story. I'd watch an entire movie about this guy's origin story, how he kind of came up through the NSA and uh, became the superstar agent that he was. Right. This This movie honestly could have made him front and center. Uh, I know that this was really at the height of Steve Carell's popularity uh, with The Office, uh, so it made sense that he was the lead. But, you know, I'd like to see a modern-day Dwayne Johnson take this movie on uh, and see what he can do with it. I actually uh, had a a superlative to give out um, for Get Smart. Um, It is my rock flop. I think that the worst scene in Dwayne Dwayne Johnson's cinematic history uh, takes place in Get Smart. Uh, It's at the end of the movie. Uh, and Charlie, tell me if you remember this. When when Dwayne Johnson and Steve Carell, they kiss in this final scene, and it's like I think it I think it like knocks Dwayne Johnson off a moving train or something. It serves as a distraction. What is it? Dwayne Johnson has Steve Carell pinned down on on this moving car on top of this moving car, and the last stitch effort that Steve Carell has in the situation is to kiss the Rock, and the Rock reacts as if. Steve Carell did the grossest thing he could ever possibly do. And that, I, that ends up being his death now, really, because he gets distracted and then uh, it's implied that he gets run over. So It's such a dumb scene. And, you know, it's an interesting one to me because Dwayne Johnson in in his kind of new political life, at least, is is so is sort of making this progressive populist turn um, that it's so odd to me. This This scene really stands out as like an oddly homophobic uh like gay is gross like kind of a gag that is really reserved for these like early 2000s movies that thought they could get away with it it just i don't know i find it so uncomfortable and i think it's like probably one of the weirdest scenes that he's done uh it's definitely weird i had a few problems with the movie um that was one of them uh the age difference between steve carell and anne hathaway who are love interests in this movie that's right that's right very really weird and not only was it weird, they like doubled down on the weirdness by like writing around it. Remember, like a like in that movie, they're actually supposed to be the same age, but Anne Hathaway has gotten radical facial reconstructive surgery to look younger so she can change her identity. It's it's real weird. Like honestly, just don't even address it. I think would have been better. But 
you know, they did what they did, and that's why they're number seven on both of our lists. And moving now to number six, um, I had, and this this is probably slightly controversial, Charlie, as far as you're concerned, I had Moana clocking in at six. Uh, and- uh, you know, you're not far off, but you are going to hell for that, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what did you have? What did you have? You man? will pay. Uh, uh, number six, I have Gridiron Gang. Gridiron Gang. Which I know you like quite a bit, and I like it too. I mean, we're getting into the the top half of the movies that we've done so far. Well, um, and let's be clear. We don't hate any of these movies. I mean, even Baywatch to me is a rock movie and thus I will like it to a certain degree. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's, it's, it's great that you have great iron gang at six. I actually had that down at eight. Um, okay. So, so we can talk we, about, we got that. some stuff to talk about. Um, I, I don't know. I had this a little bit lower than you. I can't really think of a reason to need to watch this movie over something like remember the Titans uh, or we are Marshall. Like I think that this movie tries to hit all of the normal football movie tropes, um, but kind of does it like half ass. Like I just, I don't think that they really nail any of them. Yeah. I mean, it basically is just a low rent. Remember the Titans, but you know, that being said, this feels like his wheelhouse for like definitely at this point in his career this was 100 percent comfortable for him um he was sort of making his way through did he want to do straight action movies and if he wanted to branch out from those action movies did he want to do comedic route and get smart or sort of the more family friendly thing like maybe the game plan and i and this was i think a really good move for his career to sort of keep him afloat in this sort of turbulent time probably the only kind of turbulent time that he ever had getting cast in movies um and having a background in football this was definitely uh a home run for him i agree i think that this is a very important movie in the dwayne johnson anthology uh and and like you said with the football i think that he's very comfortable in the role of football coach and football player so i think that uh that that comfort really shines through in various aspects of his performance Um, but it just doesn't overcome like a weird plot that sort of abandons this like at risk children angle, like halfway through the movie. Uh, there's like every single scene is punctuated by like rising orchestral scores. Like, yeah, it's, like there's just a lot of like weirdness. This movie feels a little unfair. <laughs> and exhibit is in it. What was it? And exhibit is in it. Oh my God. Yeah. And exhibit is in this movie. Like, yeah, but, but not really like he's in this movie to chuckle at everything Dwayne Johnson says, and then talk about the Bible for like five minutes. This movie was made to be shown on like TNT at one o'clock in the afternoon on weekends. You know what I mean? Yeah. This Um, is the perfect movie for a, a, a recently retired dad. You know, I, I think, you know, this is the first time we see Dwayne Johnson cry in a movie or really have, you know, much of a of an emotional journey. He has the whole secondary storyline with his mom being in the nursing home. So we get a little bit of growth in this movie, and that's probably why I have it higher than you um, because of what it represents in his career rather than the actual movie itself. But that being said, I, I did enjoy it. All right, now we are breaking into the top five, uh, the cream of the crop up here. Charlie, what did you have as your fifth-ranked Rock Talk movie? I have the uh, first movie we ever did, Pain and Gain. Great movie. Great movie, a lot of fun. Um, I had actually The Rundown uh, coming in as my number five movie. 
Okay, so that nothing to talk about now. Uh, my number four was Moana, which you had at number six. So I I really enjoyed this movie uh, more than I thought I would. You know, I'm not one of those weirdo adults that is still in love with Disney movies and going to Disney World. I actually sort of have an aversion to that. So I kind of wanted to go <laughs> into this movie uh, not liking it, but I came away you know, uh, with that stupid song in my head and gosh, darn it. I liked it. All right. So few things about Moana folks. <laughs> Number one, uh, Dwayne Johnson is unequivocally the best part of this movie. Uh, his character Maui is so much fun. He's the best part of every movie he's in. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Correction. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is in always the best part of every movie. Um, except maybe be, I don't know that one. Not a lot, to, not a lot there, Dwayne. Um, here's the thing this movie uh, is really not that great it's just not the songs are great the animation is beautiful the themes very nice very wonderful I like the themes but the plot is nonsensical I think uh, even you know more so uh, for a typical Disney movie and I think that a lot of the hype is kind of overblown I think that it I think it has a great strong empowering feminist message um, at the same time, I don't think it's a great movie. Uh, I was in, entertained by Dwayne Johnson, and the singing, I think, is is fabulous. I think it's catchy and fun. But I don't know. And you get the crab, the crab song. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, you do have, like, a lot of exposition and backstory, especially in that opening, like, uh, voiceover. But, you know, actually, I enjoyed it. I didn't. I, I did think the plot was a little hard to follow, especially for children. But it probably is... If we're talking about, like, movie production standpoint, uh, probably the best, most accessible rock movie to date. Easily. Easily. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I will say I um, did give this a uh, rock talk superlative. I had it uh, as best sidekick. Uh, and I know that this might be uh, kind of odd how I've done this, but but the Dwayne Johnson's character is actually the sidekick in this movie, Maui. And so I actually think he is the best part of the movie. Uh so I have no problem giving him the giving Dwayne Johnson the best sidekick award of Moana. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and and that's the thing that I guess we haven't really discussed to this point is Dwayne Johnson. For the most part, the best rock movies are the ones where he either has a sidekick or is a sidekick. I don't know what it is about the way he's cast. Is he he constantly has sidekicks? You have Sean William Scott or Kevin Hart, or Zac Efron. Um, His energy, so he I, plays really well against a foil. Uh, when you ask him to, to deliver a movie all by himself, you get you know, you know have something like Scorpion King. Yeah, he kind of had a sidekick there, but not really. You're right. I think that he struggles and even gets smart where he doesn't really get to play opposite anyone for the second half of the movie. I think that he struggles. Uh, but when he's paired up with someone who can match him, uh, the electricity is... Uh, really something to behold um i do want to say my number four charlie uh was actually the game plan oh my gosh i i'm shocked that you have this movie so high i had it all the way back at number nine um which makes it you know just ahead of the tooth fairy so that gives you an idea of how i think about this movie all right make your case for this movie jordan all right uh this is by and far away the strongest emotional turn Dwayne Johnson makes in any film that we've watched up to date. False. I cried multiple times in this movie. 
when you see uh, Dwayne Johnson and his daughter Peyton, now don't forget Peyton, uh, as silhouetted uh, in the tunnel walking out to the football game, I legitimately teared up and cried. Um, this movie gets better with every rewatch. It's timeless. It is a fun, like, daddy-daughter type movie. Uh, I think that Dwayne Johnson is hysterical. I love his character. I love that he sings, like, three different times in this movie. Uh, like, <laughs> he like does sing all the songs. It's hilarious. I. It's just so fun. This movie was light. It was dramatic. It was emotional. Some weird plot stuff, sure. I don't think anyone could have seen the twist coming where, like, Payne's mom is... Uh, spoiler dead Payne's mom's dead uh, I don't know I thought the kid uh, was uh, pretty good she's kind of annoying but I think she did pretty good against Dwayne Johnson I don't know this movie to me will hold up better than most of Dwayne Johnson's movies when we look back on this 20 years from now when we're still doing this podcast <laughs> I, I I don't know to me this movie belongs on Disney Channel at 3am on a Monday morning like this, I, I said it during our episode, but this movie makes more sense as a Disney Channel original movie rather than like a Disney movie because none of the actors in it are particularly good. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, if if Dwayne Johnson is your best actor in a movie, uh, you might be struggling a little bit. Um, I had problems with the logistics of the actual movie making, things that were overlooked, like uh, it's supposed to be. February in Boston and they're walking around in t-shirts true uh, true. I don't like I don't didn't like that stuff Dwayne Johnson it was his idea to make his character obsessed with Elvis uh, I love that though how weird is that I'm into that it was weird I didn't <laughs> like the singing apparently all the memorabilia that was on the set Elvis memorabilia on the set was actually Dwayne Johnson's real stuff I don't know it just seemed like any movie that would allow, at, in, at this point, an unproven actor to be able to contribute with really not saying no to him uh, just stinks of like, okay, let's just throw everything at the wall to see if it sticks. And that's kind of what this movie was. See, I will say the, the, the biggest complaint that I have with this movie is that Dwayne Johnson is supposedly uh, a, a future Hall of Famer quarterback. And yet we don't see him throw a pass until I believe the last like yeah. six minutes of this movie. I guess we found out that he actually, what did he rupture his Achilles? Oh, yeah. Like while they were filming. <laughs> During the filming of this movie. Now moving to number three on the list. Uh, Charlie, I had Fast and Furious 6. And uh, I had the rundown. Uh, Ooh, that's high. That's high on the list. Yeah. For me, uh, you know, I had it at number three. You had it, what, at number, I had it down at number five. five? Right. Number five. So you actually ranked the game plan ahead of the rundown, which I have a problem with, obviously. It's a tearjerker. Um, <laughs> for me, I think the thing that is so nice about the rundown is I was pleasantly surprised by it. Actually, not even pleasantly. I was shockingly surprised by this sure. movie. I, had, I hadn't really heard of it uh, before we started this podcast. I didn't know when it came out. I really had no reference for it. And when we watched it, I'm like, I was surprised at every turn. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a an Indiana Jones type movie. Oh my gosh, Christopher Walken's in this movie. Yes, Christopher. Uh, Can we talk about Christopher Walken? In the yeah, rundown? he's great. I I have to say, I think he was the star of this film. I most of my of my my memories of this movie are of him. Uh, he delivers every single line with such just beautiful syrupy delight. Like it is just so much fun. 
uh, watching him play around in this movie. Um, I don't, I, you know, I had a lot of fun. I did. I put this at number five. I do think it's a, uh, definitely in the top half of what we watched. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, to me, it felt almost like a like a version of a Jason Statham crank movie. Like it had like aspects of like really the way it was shot. Yeah, a lot of like camera movement during fight scenes. A lot of unique stuff. I don't know. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. It sort of uh, turned into a sidekick movie with Sean William Scott, who is funnier than I remember. I, I kind of remember not liking him, but, you know, he's he fits the sidekick role perfectly in this movie. And I know we haven't talked about Central Intelligence yet, but I think he'll probably give uh, Kevin Hart a run for his money for best sidekick overall. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I think he did a, a an amazing job. And with the body of work that he was familiar for up until this point, um, I think it's pretty amazing, actually, given the performance that he delivered. Uh, this was like an American Pie era, Sean William Scott. This was not like Goon era, Sean William Scott. So this was still, and you know, I think he was known for a very specific type of performance. Uh, and I think he did, he he gave that, but but went way above and beyond. I I too was uh, very pleasantly surprised by by his performance. Yeah, and I guess when you think about the year this came out, it was like two thousand four. In the marketing of this movie, Sean William Scott and The Rock were probably like the like equal draws on this movie. And like I said, since I was so surprised by him, I'm going to go ahead and give Sean William Scott the best sidekick Rock Talk Superlative Award. Nice. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, so, Charlie, what do you have now coming in at number two? But I'm going to go ahead and put Fast and Furious 6 here awesome movie uh, i had that coming in which you've already talked about right you talk that's right i had that i had or, fast and furious 6 coming in at number three uh so so right there at the top i mean amazing movie it's fun from start to finish there's an argument to be made that it's one of the best movies in the franchise uh a ton of fun i it, i think it's i think it's an absolutely complete movie yeah it's it's amazing um when we look back i it it appears that hobbs is the character that Dwayne Johnson has played more often than anything else besides, I guess, the character of The Rock in the WWE. So he's sort of inhabited the mind of Luke Hobbs so much. And I think that this is the definitive Hobbs movie, I guess, until the uh, spinoff, uh, Hobbs spinoff movie comes out. So I, I really did enjoy that. Yeah, I agree. This this movie is, is so memorable for so many different reasons. You get um, classic Dwayne Johnson quotes, like the last place I want to be is on your doorstep selling Girl Scout cookies. I mean, you get just I mean just glorious fight scenes, uh, which in my opinion the best fight in the entire series takes place between Michelle Rodriguez and Gina Carano in the subway, um, about halfway through. Oh, this. So like good. I think I really think that this movie um, is one of the best. I think it kind of gets forgotten um, between you know Fast Seven really kicks it up to an insane level. Fast Five is when Dwayne Johnson enters the franchise. Uh, Fast and Furious 1, of course, the start. Then you have Tokyo Drift. Like I think that there are so many other memorable movies that Fast 6 often gets overlooked. Um, but that shouldn't be the case. It is it is truly a ton of fun and one of the best movies we've watched so far. Yeah, it's excellent. Do you have a uh, Rock Talk superlative to give to this? Because I do. And I think that this movie deserves best stunt because um, you see a lot of actual pretty close-ups of his face when he's doing stunts um and it's not that weird 
CGI face swap thing that I've talked about before, but I think it really is him. And I think the best stunt that he's ever done in a movie is jumping from the car to the plane uh, in the climax of this movie <laughs> during the, what is it, the 28-mile-long runway. Yes, when they're just endlessly driving down. Uh, that is an awesome stunt. Uh, it, it, it Like you said, it looks like it's him. It's hard to know, but it looks like it's actually him. And this, this stunt comes at a moment when characters are jumping in and out of planes and cars at, a, at an alarming rate. It's like there's like six jumps. Uh, <laughs> and nobody missed no. it. Nobody missed it. <laughs> Think about all the people that jumped from cars onto that plane and then back. It's like five people doing both things. And I guess the only person who didn't make it is Giselle. But that's not because she fell. It's because she got blown right, up. And she specifically so, sacrificed herself for Han in that moment, going out like a true right. champ. Um, I, I, too, had a uh, superlative for Fast 6. Uh, it is the Big Rock Little World superlative. Uh, it happens pretty early on in the movie when Dwayne Johnson destroys this Vin Diesel doppelganger in the interrogation room. Oh my gosh. Like, That's right in the beginning of the movie oh, too. It's like 10 minutes in and he just takes this guy and like throws him around this room. Like I think I think we tried to measure it. It was like a 12 foot throw at one point like up through the like up into the ceiling like oh, just gosh. so much fun. So funny. So funny. I mean so ridiculous but so yeah and that's the thing is Fast and Furious 6 did get really ridiculous even before fast and furious 7 but it was the smaller parts of the movie which i really enjoyed all right so charlie you had fast six at number two i actually had pain and gain uh sneaking up into my top two uh that is shocking to me that something beat out a fast and furious movie that's that's something that we're gonna have to address when we you know continue in these rankings uh, because the Fast and Furious movies are really going to dominate the top five. It, it's definitely hard to to justify putting a movie above any of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, but I really have a soft spot for Pain and Gain. Uh, it is the first movie we watched, actually, putting this podcast together. Uh, and I think it's truly a, a hidden gem in the Dwayne Johnson anthology. I find it entertaining on several different levels. You know, we've talked about Dwayne Johnson playing better when he's up against big personalities. You know, he's paired it with Anthony Mackie and Mark Wahlberg. Um, I think that doesn't get much bigger than those two uh, in a movie of this level. So I think that he gets to really shine uh, both comedically. Uh, he, he pulls a, a big dramatic turn in this film. Uh, it's a little, the story is actually a little bit outside the normal realm of what you we've come to expect for a Dwayne Johnson movie. It's a little artsier. Uh, and I think that he's asked to play a pretty dark and dramatic character, uh, but nails it. I don't know. I think this was a, a lot of fun uh, and kind of a, a diamond in the rough uh, as far as Dwayne Johnson's movies go. Yeah, you know, it's something when, when I look at the stats, I feel like I should like this movie more than I do. And I remember liking this movie more than I do. I mean, think about it. It's a movie about bodybuilding. It's self-referential. It's a dark comedy. Uh, it's Dwayne Johnson acting like... Uh, like a stupid person, which I really enjoy. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's amazing. You get Michael Bay making a movie that isn't a Transformers movie, you know, and it, it should be sort of a sleeper hit for me. And I have it at number five and I do enjoy it. But for me, it gets a little long. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, really like the first half of this movie a lot, uh, but it falls apart. And honestly, it, it that really suffers for it. I have 
Moana, The Rundown, and Fast and Furious 6 uh, ahead of it. I'm a little disappointed by this movie. Now, that being said, we both do have superlatives, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, uh, This might be my favorite screen grab of any Dwayne Johnson movie ever. The award that I'm going to give to Pain and Gain is Big Rock Little World, because at some point you see Dwayne Johnson riding around in this tiny Pontiac Fiero <laughs> where yes. they had to remove the T-top just so his head would fit in. And keep in mind, this is the biggest we've ever seen The Rock. He's actually a little smaller now than he was in this movie. He is a an actual monster in this movie. He's gigantic. Yeah, this is, this is Dwayne Johnson at one of his biggest uh, you know, stature-wise. I, I totally forgot about that scene. Like, He's bursting out of this. His head is above the car. It, it's so yeah, his goofy. eyes are like looking right into the roof, basically. His, his eyes are at roof level. Um, it's it's hysterical. Now, I actually had a... Uh, my, my favorite one-liner comes from Pain and Gain. Uh, and I'm going to sort of self-censor myself here. Um, but it's, it's Dwayne Johnson. He's talking about himself uh, as the character. Jesus Christ himself has blessed me with many gifts. One of them is knocking somebody the F out. <laughs> doesn't he say that to uh what's his name when he tries to get away yeah it's the uh what's that guy's name uh, i don't know we said it about a million times in the first episode oh my god i'm gonna i don't remember like poppy it or something but, i'm actually oh, yeah man. something like that but yeah you're right that's great and you know he just plays a beautiful idiot in this movie and i i really enjoy that all right we've now made it to number one on the ranking list. Uh, <laughs> I think I know what yours yeah, is. If you've been following along, uh, keeping square at home, you should have a sense of where we're at here. Uh, Charlie, why don't you tell the folks at home what movie we both picked as the number one movie we've covered on Rock? <laughs> why don't we say it in unison? Uh, after three. One, two, Fast three. Five. Oh, yep. This movie uh, is unbelievable. It's really the the film that I I kind of credit with helping us decide to make this podcast. It's hands down probably one of my top three movies ever. Uh, I think that the stunt work, the one-liners, the character development, the decision to put Dwayne Johnson in a franchise, which I already loved, uh, it all adds up to just something really amazing that transcends a, a normal movie-watching experience. It's inspired. It was an inspired choice to put him in this movie, and you know I won't go on too much because you could just listen to our last episode. Uh, but I do have an award to give uh, Fast Five, and this is sweatiest scene. And the the Rock is sweaty pretty much throughout this entire movie, but he is legitimately just like drenched and dripping with sweat for no reason when he's confronting Vin at the car race, because <laughs> uh, we see him, you know, get to that point. And he's just in a car. He's just driving in oh, a yeah. car. So why is he so sweaty? I don't know. I just thought it was so funny, and it stood it's out. It's brilliant. To me. He's uh, but Fast Five he glistens in that scene. It it's really something to behold. Uh, Fast Five. You know, yeah, we we don't have to go into it. This is the, we see a Dwayne Johnson Vin Diesel fight. Uh, it's a movie that electrified the Fast and Furious franchise. You know, spawning multiple sequels and now spinoff uh, is really a, a very important 
film for every rock fan out there. And, and for, for us, it was really a no-brainer to put this as number one. What, is, what do you think it says that we both gave the sweatiest scene superlative to our number one movie? Well, I, I think it does say a little bit about us. It's uh, absolutely got to be a criteria uh, for a Dwayne Johnson movie. I think it's one of the first things we noticed watching Fast Five was how just immensely sweaty this dude was. I mean, everyone is sweaty and bald in this movie, but uh, in a movie full of sweaty bald men, Dwayne Johnson takes the sweaty and bald cake. Mm. Mm. That, <laughs> that's disgusting. I've never that's seen a that cake again. I'd like to take a bite out of. Uh, so those are our rankings. Uh, you've just heard us go 11 to number one, every movie that we've watched so far on Rock Talk. Uh, do you agree with us? Uh, do you think that we are close? Do you think we're way off ball? We're going to be posting these rankings on the Facebook page so you have a chance to compare our rankings and, and even add your own. Uh, tell us where you stack up with these movies. We want to hear your thoughts. So please get on Facebook, get on Twitter. We are at Rock Talk Pod. Uh, join the conversation. Let us know what you think. And as always, thank you for listening. Rock Talk. Rock <laughs> Talk.